Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, as your word is proclaimed, we pray that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit. May we not be those who are blind at midday, but may we be those who read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest. Help us and bless us, O Lord, we ask, in Jesus' worthy name. Amen. You don't need me to tell you that today is New Year's Day. And not just the first uh, sun, not just uh, New Year's Day, but the uh, first uh, Sunday of 2023. And it's become a tradition for us on the first Sunday of a, a new year uh, to have a motto, a text, a text uh, for the year. A text that isn't just for today and, uh, and the week ahead, uh, but a text uh, that is uh, for the whole year uh, stretching out before us. And I must admit that I've been waiting about six months uh, to give you our motto text for uh, 2023. Uh, the Lord laid it on my heart some months uh, ago, and it's been uh, uh, swirling around uh, in my uh, mind ever since. I give to you John's Gospel, chapter 3 and verse 30. John 3:30. Words of John the Baptist with reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. He must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, but I must decrease. Now that's not really a long verse, is it? It's really quite a short verse. It's a verse which it would be good for us all to commit to memory. It's lovely to have the younger ones in with us this morning. I wonder, younger ones, can, can you help me try to affix these words in my mind and in all of our minds? There are just seven words, aren't there, in this verse. So perhaps you can hold up seven fingers. You don't have to be young to do this, but younger ones, perhaps you can hold up seven fingers, five on one hand, two on the other. And we can use our fingers as we go through the verse. One finger for each word. He must increase, but I must decrease. One more time. He must increase, but I must decrease. It's a good verse to remember and to take with us all the way through this new year, 2023. The context here in the second half of John 3 is that John the Baptist is still baptizing, but Jesus is now very much on the scene with the result that fewer and fewer people are coming to John and more and more people are going to Jesus. This panics some of John's followers a little. But John is not panicked at all. You see, John understands that it's never been about him. John understands that it's always been about Jesus. And John understands what was true for him and what is true for us all. Namely, that we find ourselves by losing ourselves in Jesus. 
we find ourselves by losing ourselves in him. Our theme for this New Year's Day is making much of Jesus. And with the Lord's help, we're going to think about these words, he must increase but I must decrease this morning, in terms of what they have to teach us about becoming a Christian. And then the Lord willing, we're going to return to them again uh, this evening. And we're going to think about them then in terms of what they have to teach us about flourishing as a Christian. Because if you're not yet a Christian, well, you need to begin as one. And this verse can help you today. But similarly, if you have begun as a Christian, then surely you would long to flourish as a Christian. And again, this verse can help you today. So this morning, beginning as a Christian. And as so often, there are three things. Number one, we are each our own biggest problem. We are. We are each our own biggest problem. Because when you stop to think about it, this text really goes against the grain. It is a concept which we find difficult to, to grasp. That someone else should increase while you decrease. Because let's face it, there's a streak to all of us that wants to be number one. It may not be that we wish others the worst, but we would certainly wish ourselves the best. And that, you see, in this passage is the concern of John the Baptist's followers. The other guy is more popular than their guy. And so they panic. And human nature hasn't changed, has it? We are still very much the same today. But what we need to grasp is that this is not just true in the general, in terms of the many and varied aspects of life, be that education or career or family or house or car. We want the best of these things that we can have, don't we? But it's also true in the particular in terms of any relationship we might have with God and how we might approach him. You see, naturally left to ourselves, we imagine that we can come to God on our own terms. And we think that any relationship we might have with him will be based upon what we can do for him. So it becomes about improving ourselves. It becomes about doing better. About being the best person we can be. And living the best life that we can live. But in reality, it couldn't be further from the truth. God's word tells us upon page after page that if we are to be right with God then it can never be upon the basis of anything that we do for him. It can only be on the basis of what he has done 
for us. What he has done in the person and through the work of his son, Jesus Christ, who lived the life we could never live, who died in our place and for our sin, who rose again from the dead, having eternal life himself and offering everlasting life to all. You see, if you're going to begin as a Christian, then the first step to beginning as a Christian is understanding that you must decrease. That you are your own biggest problem, just as I am my own biggest problem. And the answer does not lie within ourselves, but rather is to be found somewhere else. So that's the first point this morning. We are each our own biggest problem. Number two, Jesus Christ is the only solution. He is. Jesus Christ is the only solution. Because notice, the phrase, I must decrease, isn't where our text starts. And that is significant. Our text can't start there. It starts with, he must increase. This, you see, is something of the genius of the gospel. The Christian message is not about us just belittling ourselves, some form of religious self-flagellation. No, that is just another form of salvation DIY. Instead of making ourselves big and thinking we can get right with God by making ourselves big, we just try to make ourselves small and think we can get ourselves right with God by making ourselves small. But whether we're trying to make ourselves big or trying to make ourselves small, the problem is we're still, we're still engaged in salvation DIY. We're still trying to achieve getting right with God by ourselves. No beginning as a Christian is about us discovering someone greater. That the solution lies not in ourselves, but in another. Discovering someone greater. Admiring him as one the like of which we have never seen or discovered before. And losing ourselves in him. Letting go of any hope, confidence or trust we may ever have had in ourselves. And throwing ourselves upon the Lord Jesus Christ and placing all our hope, all our confidence and all our trust in him alone. This Jesus, who is human, as we are human, but also divine. This Jesus, who lived as we live, but without sin this Jesus who died as we shall die unless Christ comes again beforehand. But who died not because he was a sinner. But who died in the place of sinners. And for our sins. This Jesus who has risen from the dead. And yet who is distinguished from us in that when we trust in him we are given eternal life but he has 
eternal life. And it is he who gives it to us. We don't have to think about this Lord Jesus Christ for very long before we realize there is no one like him. There never has been anyone like him. There never will be anyone like him. As the scriptures remind us, he is God, absolutely God. He is man, absolutely man. And he is the one mediator, underline one mediator between God and men. The only one who can go between us and God. And who by his life, death and resurrection can reconcile us to God and God to us. And so John says... He must decrease. He must increase, rather. If we're going to begin as a Christian, then Jesus needs to be big in our minds and big in our hearts and big in our understanding. There is no one like him, yes. And because there is no one like him, there is no other saviour. Again, there never has been and uh, There never will be. Because he does what no one else can. He takes all that is wrong with us. And that we can't get into heaven with. Our sin. Our death. Our hell. And he gives all that is right with him. And all that we can't get into heaven without his righteousness, his life, his heaven. This, you see, is the second step to beginning as a Christian. The first step is, I must decrease. The answer is not to be found within me, within you. The second step is he must increase. There is an answer to be found. And it's to be found in Jesus. No one else but in him. Jesus Christ is the only solution. So, thinking step by step this morning. We said, number one, we're each our own biggest problem. And number two, Jesus Christ is the only solution. Now, number three. We all face a momentous choice. We do. We all face a momentous choice. Because you see, although it may appear otherwise superficially, when you boil it all down, there really are only two ways to live. Two approaches to life. Either you make your life all about you, or you make your life All about Jesus. Now you may want to counter that. You may want to come back at the uh, preacher this morning. You may want to push back and say, "Well, well, well, hang on a moment. I may not be living for Jesus, but I, I live for my family. Perhaps you do. Or I live for my work. Perhaps you do. Or I live for my community. Perhaps you do. Or you live for whatever it is. But in those examples I've just given you, you notice what was common. I live for my, my family, my work, my community. 
you're prioritising what you think is important. So even though in one sense your focus may be upon others, really when you boil it all down, as I said a moment ago, if you're not making your life all about Jesus, if he's not setting the agenda, then ultimately you're making your life all about you. You're the one setting the agenda. If your life doesn't revolve around Jesus, then ultimately it revolves around you. Either he knows best or you know best. This is a momentous choice that we all face. I want to bring in a couple of other verses. One's from the Old Testament, the other's from the New. There's nothing particularly significant about that. But I want you to compare and contrast uh, these two uh, verses this morning. The first is Jeremiah chapter 45 and verse 5. Jeremiah 45, 5, which says, Do you seek great things for yourself? Do not seek them. Do you seek great things for yourself? Do not seek them. So in other words, if you would make your life all about you, that's, that's really not a good idea, the Lord is saying through his servant, the prophet Jeremiah. But then compare and contrast that with this. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. You see what these two verses are saying when we put them together. The first is saying if you make your life all about you that's the way to have an empty life. To lose your life. To waste your life. And to have an eternity full of regret. But Matthew 6.33 is saying. If you seek first the kingdom of God. If you make your life all about Jesus. Then actually that's the way to have a full life. That's the way to have meaning. That's the way to have purpose. Everything you need, the context is food and drink and the like, will be, will be added to you. But these two verses put together, they're making this point, you see. We find ourselves by losing ourselves in Jesus. If we want to hang on to our little lives and live our little lives in our little way, thinking that little me knows best, we're on a fool's errand and we shall only be disappointed. But if we are willing to give away our little lives to our big saviour Jesus and to trust in him and to believe that he knows best and to follow him and to make our agenda his agenda, his agenda becomes our agenda, then that's the way to really live and have a joy and a peace in this life and in the next that can be found nowhere this is a big point, you see, this morning. You find yourself by losing yourself in Jesus. When you trust in Jesus Christ as your Saviour and Lord, then his life 
becomes yours. It's as if you lived the life he'd lived. His righteousness is credited to you. And you can trust and rest in that. And not only does his life become yours, but his death becomes yours. You understand that he died in your place, that he bore your sin, that he paid the penalty that you owed. And so there remains now nothing for you to pay. And you can trust and you can rest in that. And his resurrection becomes your resurrection. Not only does he live forever, but so you shall live forever in him. Not only does he have eternal life, but he has given everlasting life to you. And for a few short years you live for him on earth, but then, as well as his life having become your life, and his death having become your death, and his resurrection having become your resurrection, so his heaven becomes your heaven. Your eternal home. This world you're just passing through. But if your faith is in Christ. What awaits you in eternity. What awaits you beyond the grave. Is not the hell that we all deserve. But the heaven. That belongs to Jesus. But to which he welcomes. All who trust in This, you see, is the third step to beginning as a Christian. Yes, step number one, we're each our own biggest problem. I must decrease. My salvation is not to be found in myself. Step number two, Jesus Christ is the only solution. He must increase. The answer is to be found in Jesus Christ and all that he has done on my behalf. But then... Step number three, to be willing to find myself by losing myself in Jesus. To give myself away to him, knowing that there is nowhere safer, nowhere better, and nowhere more wonderful to be than in his arms, following in his footsteps. And living for his glory. We all face a momentous choice. A new year is an opportunity, isn't it, for a new start. I wonder, have you made any New Year resolutions? Perhaps you have, perhaps you haven't. But if you have, well, I wish you well with them. But a new year, it's a reminder of significant truths, isn't it? One year gives way to another and we're reminded that time marches on. One year gives way to another and you're reminded that your life's ebbing away. One year gives way to another and you're reminded that eternity draws ever nearer and the question my friend this morning is what then what when the years run out for you what when it's not a case of one year giving way to another but of time giving way to eternity what of when you must meet your maker 
What of when you must appear before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ? What then? Any New Year resolutions, however well-intentioned, will be quickly forgotten. You see, really, this is the nub of it. Are you going to carry on hoping in yourself? Or are you going to hope in Jesus Christ? Are you going to go into 2023 carrying on hoping in yourself? Just hoping somehow you can be good enough? Hoping somehow you can achieve enough? Hoping somehow you can do it and you can get through and you can make your way to God and you can make your way to heaven all by yourself, all in your own strength? Are you going to carry on hoping in yourself? Or are you going to hope in Jesus Christ? The one who couldn't be better. The one who couldn't have achieved more. The one who is the son of God. The one who is the saviour of the world. The one who offers himself to you. And every good thing with him. You see, when you really see Jesus for who he is, he's no threat. He isn't. You know, some people, they, they get the wrong end of the stick. Very easy for all of us to get the wrong end of the stick. To think that somehow Jesus, God, is a threat. He wants our hearts and he wants our lives and He wants to do us harm. But my friend, that's not the Jesus we meet on the pages of Scripture. That's not the one who came into the world to save sinners. That's not the one who went to the cross to die in our place and for our sin. That's not the one who even now is seated at his Father's right hand on high. That's not the one who shall come again to take his people home to glory. He is no threat. No, when you really see Jesus for who he is, he is absolutely delightful. There is none more lovely and there is none more precious. When you really see Jesus for who he is, it's no hardship to fall down before him. No hardship at all. Rather, it's a joy to magnify him. What's our theme for today? Making much of Jesus. That we're seeing this morning is how to begin as a Christian. No one's ever begun as a Christian without making much of Jesus. No one ever will. But if you would make much of Jesus this morning, you can begin as a Christian today. And we'll see tonight, the Lord willing, that just as that's how to begin as a Christian, so it's how to flourish as a Christian but for this morning beginning as a Christian can't flourish if you haven't begun so that's where we're laying the emphasis this morning oh friend are you almost a Christian are you well you came to church this morning miles from from being a Christian John the Baptist his testimony was He must increase, but I must decrease. He delighted to make much of Jesus. 
And this morning, he invites you to do the very same. To make much of Jesus. To determine that in your heart, in your life, he must increase. You must decrease. Will you make much of Jesus this morning? Will you make much of him this new year? Amen. Our closing hymn is 647, 647. In Christ alone my hope is found.